Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. And I'm John. Hey, John, how you doing on this nice Friday night? I am doing very well on this on this nice Friday night. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for um, agreeing to do it right now. I, I told you... I texted you throughout the week that um, that's right. That's getting... that's why you said it was Friday night. We always let the listeners know when we're when we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, because I that's the first thing they wonder. Yeah, um, I I just had like fiber two hundred, but I'm getting the gig for my home internet, and the guy is coming tomorrow to install the new router. So I didn't want that to cut oh, into our nice. time. But once I get that, I shouldn't be the cause of any more technical issues. Nice. Yeah, no, this is perfect. I I just got off the golf course, which shouldn't surprise anyone. Of course you did. Um, didn't didn't play very well, but had some had some good shots. Made a birdie. So nice. Yeah. For any if there's any golfer list webheads out there, you know, throw throw a comment at me about golf. I love to talk about it. <laughs> That's one sport that I can't keep up with you on. Yeah, we'll have to get you out on the range. Oh, yeah. That, that'll be fun. You'll have a lot to laugh at. <laughs> um, so How's your week been? What you been up to? My week is good. Last night, I caught the Yellow Card Tour when it came through Indianapolis. Okay, that now, was... Zach, I got to ask something about Yellow Card here. That <clears throat> Did you tell me years ago when we were doing door-to-door together that yellow card threw away some goodwill by like suing someone or something oh yeah this up okay yeah somebody told me this about yellow card and i was bummed when they told me so you know juice world no okay well he was a rapper he was actually a pretty good rapper i don't i don't listen to that much modern rap but i did enjoy him and his hit song lucid dreams used the same chord progression as one of the yellow card songs, but it wasn't even one of their popular songs and they aren't the first people who ever used that chord progression. It's been around since like classical music, but they sued juice world while he was alive for using that chord progression and said that he ripped them off. And then he died. And for like a minute, they dropped the lawsuit and then they, they, like proceeded with it oh against gosh. his estate. And then they got a lot of pushback oh my for that. Gosh. Okay. I thought you and were I, about to say they got a lot of his estate. <laughs> I think they ended up dropping it. I don't think it ever, anything ever happened of it, but they, they tried on oh, more than one occasion man. to sue juice world for stealing their chord progression that like th- never made them any That's money. Silly. Yeah. You know, I understand if, Somebody steals the Ocean Avenue. Do do do. <laughs> but if I could find yeah. you now. I think that's the only Yellow Card song I'd recognize. Um, I was surprised. and I loved that song in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, I you know I like pop punk. Yellow Card has never been like that band for me, but I was surprised by how many songs they played that I did know. Yeah, so it was fun. Yeah, they even they played the Juice World song, which 
which I enjoyed. I was, <laughs> Not his version. I was going to say people booed. Wait, they played this, the Juice World song? No, they played the song that they wrote that they sued oh him because gosh, of. Oh my gosh, okay, okay. Wow, wouldn't I thought, that be a trip? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a trip if they played that song? Now that would maybe be if they Maybe if they apologized beforehand. They were like, hey, this is messed up that we kind of did this, you know, sorry. I don't know that they've ever addressed it. I think they just let their lawyers handle everything. Um. So was this at Klipsch? It was not. It was at the um, TCU Amphitheater oh, at White okay. River. But it was kind of cool. So I had been thinking about maybe going to this show for a few months. And even like the day before the show, I was listening to one of the opening bands on my morning commute and then got to work and just checked what the prices were for the tickets, but didn't get them. And then like the night before the show, my friend Max texted me and said that someone on the tour party put him on the guest list and he had a plus one. So he got me in for free and we got into oh, the that pit. Is awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Speaking of speaking of concert shows, um, you know, maybe you heard that Taylor Swift is coming to Indy yeah. for a couple of nights. Did you get your ticket? So so I didn't even know about this. I was my si- I was talking to my sister about it and, and she was like, Do you want to go to this? And I was like, Yeah, of course. Like but how that, but how are we going to go, right? Tickets to Taylor Swift concert. Apparently, there's like a lottery or something. I, I don't know. So I didn't enter into it. My sister did enter into it. Unfortunately, she did not get it. But my sister-in-law did enter into it. And you get four tickets. And she is taking her, her husband, who's my brother, and not my sister and I. <laughs> oh, no. And like two of their friends. And 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 so Caitlin and I can buy tickets for fifteen hundred bucks if we want, which we obviously are not going to do. Um, hey, it's get- like next year though, so they could lose those friends in a year. Well, or something could happen to them. <laughs> nice friends you got here. Be a shame if uh, <laughs> there was a nail in their tire. <laughs> Um, uh, listeners, if you want my sister and I to go to this Taylor Swift concert, you know, just a couple people we've got to take care of first. We're just, just going to say this address. Don't kill my family's for, friends. For no apparent reason. We don't know who lives there, but 1226 West. <laughs> but, um, um, but, I'm, but I'm sure that'd be, but I'm sure that will be very, very fun. And, and yeah, I, I don't even know. Is it a year away? So maybe we can get tickets in the next year. Well, Somehow. you kind of buried the lead. I did see the prices really are like $1,300 a ticket for the cheapest ones. I saw a Barstool Indie posted that today. So, do you, That's not face value, though. Like, if you get the lottery, it's not that much, right? I think they said available tickets left. So maybe the lottery okay. system is done or something, and now I, it's I just think, yeah. I think anyone who wants to pay that like much. one fifty. That is insane to me. Now, granted, yeah. I'm used to paying $10, there being no stage. I grab the mic and I hang out with the singer afterwards. <laughs> and you could oh not do God. any of those things yeah. at Taylor Swift. Yeah. But paying over $1,000 to see an artist just feels gross to me. I can't. I can't. Uh, I mean, I. No, I would do that. I would do that. 
<laughs> if I was making not second year teacher money, um, you know, I would probably pay a thousand bucks to go see Taylor Swift. Uh because that sounds pretty fun. But but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't even think if you put like 10 of my favorite bands on a festival lineup, I would pay $1,500 just for the ticket. Okay. Like, I probably probably wouldn't either. That would be tough to actually pull the trigger on. Like, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's just so much money. $1,500. Yes. Liking someone's music is one thing, but $1,500. Now, I did see Taylor back in college, and it was amazing. Um, but and how much did that cost? Not that much, I promise. Because we had like six college friends went, so it. You know what, dude? I got a ticket right here next, because I got my, I got my Taylor Swift poster. Yeah, and and the ticket the for the concert is underneath it. So let me go walk over and see if the price is on. I'm not a Swifty, but I'm gonna I'm gonna blow John's mind. I can tell that was the Speak Now tour, was it not? That was the Speak Now tour. Yes, it was, which is my favorite uh, album. And that ticket cost seventy one dollars and fifty cents to see Taylor Swift eleven and years ago. Back and it was then, amazing. That was considered a lot, probably, probably I, because even I'm back sure. Then, Oh, she was a performer. She was changing outfits every song. Yeah. Floating around. Not even with wires. She's just that ethereal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was just that great. Wow. I'm glad to Uh, hear it. Yeah. All right. Well, if we're done talking about... Well, here, you know, I I got one more thing that's that's come across my mind a couple times this week, and and I don't think it's a big enough thing for the end, so we'll just drop it here. But. Zach and listeners, I'm sure you can all remember that scene in Avengers Endgame where all of the like female superheroes come together and they're like, how, how are you going to get it through all of them? And then they all come together. And they're like, she's got help. And they, you, you know the scene I'm talking about, Zach? Yes. Okay. I don't think that that is a bad scene. <laughs> I actually cried the first time I saw that, which I cried everything. Stop. But, but, but even, even Zach, every time I watch that movie, or even when I'm watching a video and they are talking about how that scene is silly and pandering, I cry watching it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, my sister and I were watching it once. And of course that happened. And she looked over at me and she's like the exact, she, she looked over and, and was like, this is so stupid. And I have like tears running out of my eyes. Um, this guy just loves women good, that much. I think, I think it's a good scene. And Zach, I think about the little girls who, who are, who probably do think that that's like a really cool thing that they don't, maybe, they, maybe it is pandering, but those little girls don't know that they're being pandered to. They probably just think so. So anyway, I'm going to get on my soapbox here because I, I saw a video about it this week that I was talking about how it was like silly. And, and of course watching it, I was like, I, you know, I don't agree with this and I'm going to tell the listeners. So pandering's okay. If you're 
target audience is too naive okay, to know they're being pandered stop to. It, stop it. I don't think it's pandering. <laughs> the funniest I thing think I think pandering. about this isn't your take. It's how out of nowhere it came. I know. <laughs> it's this movie that's like five years old. You know what I was just thinking about a couple of hours ago? What? I was out there mowing my lawn, and I was just kind of daydreaming. And I've had this thought for a while, but I think Avengers Infinity War should have ended the second Thanos snapped. And they should have left it as, like, the biggest cliffhanger in movie history. Like, they shouldn't have shown you who got dusted away and who didn't. They should have left that for, like, a month. And either, or two months, or, or, like, just let it settle and let people wonder. And then either release like a comic that tells it and have people get into comic book stores and actually buy something and maybe pick up other Marvel comics and get new readers through like cross promotion. Or they should have like made it the post credit scene for whatever their next movie was to get people in to see that movie. But I think that that movie is, uh, that was Captain Marvel. Was it? The, yeah, because the Captain Marvel po- Captain Marvel came out in between those things, in between I, the Avengers. I kind of thought it was cr- Ant Man and Wasp, but I could be wrong. It it did also. Maybe they could they have both, split it, up it was, a couple it, scenes yeah. across those movies. Yeah, but I don't know. I've I thought that when it happened, I was like, after he snapped, I was like, ooh, it'd be so cool if they just rolled credits right now, and then they didn't, and I yeah. I still have that thought to to, to this day. Instead, we had to watch all of our favorite heroes die. Yes. And then also, (laughs) obviously, this is kind of informed with hindsight, but they should have let Black Panther be one of the heroes that lived and was useful in Endgame. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't know at that time that they weren't going to have, you know, more movies from him. But dude, there's some there's some really sad like if you go back and watch Black Panther, um, man, he's just got some lines that you know hit differently after after the fact, and it's just yeah, it's that's really sad. I've seen interviews before where he's like laughing. People are like, "Oh, tell us what happens in the next one," and he's like, "I'm dead," and they're like, "Oh, stop <laughs> it! You're not dead." He's like, "No, really, I'm dead. I'm I'm not in it." He's like, and it's like, what are you talking about? You watched me turn into dust on the screen. <laughs> well, no, he was referencing the fact that he knew he wasn't going to live to make another movie, but they thought he was telling a joke. Oh, that's really sad. There's like multiple interviews where he says stuff like that. They're like, oh, you went through so much to get into that physique for the movie. And he's like, huh, you have no idea. Someday I'll live to tell the tale. <laughs> Because he was That'd be like, interesting to watch. He was like working out between like chemotherapy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, can we get into Spider Man before we uh, depress everyone? Yeah, let's get into the fun books. Okay, Better Business Bureau, take it away. Every business says they're better, but the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. 
and find a better business anytime at bbb.org. All right, and we're back. So going to finish out this Ultimate Six miniseries today. Um, it's been pretty good. I'm really hoping that these last two issues stick the landing. We'll see. So yep. issue six, this one is written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Trevor Hairsign, inked by Danny Mickey, colored by Avalon Studios, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. These were the first two issues that I ever read on an iPad or tablet versus my phone. And it is so much more enjoyable of an experience. World any of, of our listeners, right? It, it truly is. It truly is. If any of our listeners are, you know, on a phone and they could use an iPad, I'd recommend it. <laughs> I had Marvel Unlimited for like two years just on my phone before I even owned an iPad. And I read hundreds of issues like that. And then once I got an iPad, I could not go back. Like, you will yeah. never catch me reading oh, on my phone I, uh, anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, just, just before you do get started here, um, I Zach already knows this, but I'm watching a friend's dog this weekend. So if you do hear barking in the background, and, and now now he's in this room, so we've got a co-host in the studio, but he is a Frenchie, and he breathes insanely heavy and hard. So if you... Because his face is so flat. <laughs> so if you guys do hear him breathing or panting or barking, uh, I apologize. Sorry. Zach, go ahead and edit that stuff out, okay? All right. I'll, I'll do my best. So... We open on the Ultimates fighting the Sinister Six on the White House lawn. And as the battle happens, Peter is standing in the middle of it all, unmasked, just watching in shock. And this very first page is a pretty cool one. I mean, Green Goblin just looks enormous in front of the White House. And um, Wasp and Captain America look like a similar size but, you know, because they're both just being dwarfed by Green Goblin, I think. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, Green Goblin and Captain America are kind of juxtaposed here. Because um, I, I was thinking back to when we were comparing characters to NFL prospects so long ago. And I, I listened to that. Captain again. America was uh, Bryce Young. Bijan Robinson. Oh, he's, B. John Robinson. He the was prototypical, like, like yes. everything. Yeah. Okay. Prototypical running back athlete that you would make in a lab. And then yeah. I said uh Anthony Richardson was the Green Goblin because it's like the exact same thing, but bigger, stronger, faster, and can throw fireballs. Uh. <laughs> and it's like there really is this natural comparison in this universe to, you know, Captain America and Green Goblin because Green Goblin was like the closest they came to. Well, they've made the yeah they've made it. the comparison in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to give myself a little credit and yeah, bring, had to mention Anthony Richardson <laughs> once on this pod. Um. So, Iron Man you says he, you think he plays tomorrow? They said he's starting. Oh my gosh! I'll have to tune in. Yeah, I'm excited. So 
Iron Man says he's trying to lock onto the genetic code of one of the villains so S.H.I.E.L.D. can temporarily paralyze them. But before he can choose one, Electro disrupts his armor and he falls to the ground. And the Green Goblin tells Peter, Boy, do something useful. And Peter raises a shaky fist at Captain America, who says, Kid, what are you doing? And Peter explains, I, I I have to. He's going to kill my aunt. And Cap says, no, he won't. And Peter says, yes, he will. He's nuts. And the two start grappling as Cap tells Peter, no, he won't. We have her. We picked her up right after he kidnapped you. She's safe. And Peter stops fighting Cap and walks over to Norman. Well, well, hey, w- one second. So before they stop fighting and right after he says she's safe, and Peter said, Peter asked one more time, you have her. I mean, what's that? What's that panel remind you of? Is it when they fight in Captain America Civil War? It It is. But the reason that it even looks like that is because in the comics Civil War, that's like a very famous like Captain America Iron Man pose. Oh, where and they're that's, and that's why they did it in Captain America Civil War for that like exact shot where they, you know, like focused on them exactly like that. And that's got to be, I mean, obviously a callback to that right here. I don't think this, I mean, maybe it did. Maybe that, I think that's just a fighting pose that Captain America uses. I don't think this was influential enough of a comic to affect captain america civil war but i could be wrong no 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 no. that's not what i'm saying when did this comic come out this this one probably 2004 okay i'm saying 2003 and when did the civil war comic line come out like 2006 or 7 it came out after this did yeah oh interesting Zach, I thought this comic that we were reading right now just came out in like the last six months. This right now? Yeah. <laughs> no. That's why I thought we were reading it because it it like you just came out and, that, you, and you had never read it before and it was that, like first read. It just came out. No, that's, that's the ultimate invasion that's being written by um, Jonathan Hickman. And that, that actually hasn't even gotten to <laughs> Earth 1610 yet. I don't know if it's going to or if he's creating a new Ultimate Universe. No, this is just something from the original Ultimate Spider-Man run that I had never found. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. um, well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Civil War comic run did did see this and and like, I don't know take that maybe you you think that maybe it didn't but i'm trying to find the civil war comic pose right now just in on google but i'm having a hard time but anyway you can move on yeah web webheads there's a scene where they're fighting and it looks like that one scene from captain america civil war (laughs) you know the one yeah um so so Cap tells Peter that they have his aunt and Peter stops fighting Cap and walks over to Norman who says, Peter, I told you to. And Peter punches the goblin in the jaw so hard 
he flies back and lands on his back. And uh, just as Peter approaches him to continue attacking, one of Doc Ock's claws grabs him around the neck and throws Peter through the window of the Oval Office. And this this issue kind of jumps because there's so many characters and there's so many fights going on separately. The whole thing is kind of just this person does something and then we go see this person do something. Um, so we now focus on Wasp and Wasp is flying around Doc Ock's head telling him, Octavius, look what you've done to yourself. You were a man of science, a man of impeccable and Otto flicks her over the White House fence with his fingers saying, don't lecture me. And Janet says, all right, then. And flies back towards Otto and straight into his mouth. And then John, did you did you understand what was happening here? I have a guess, but I wanted to see what you think. Zach, I did not understand what was happening in any of the fights, <laughs> the way they were drawn. I have I have I have ran in, in my notes a couple different times um, that some of these the action is just confusing to see what's going on. It's just like th- the things are just like flying into each other. And, you know, every, every two panels has like crabboom on it or like, there's just some, you know, onomatopoeia. Is that what those are called? But yes. Yeah. And it's just, so, so let's see. I, I, it, yeah, she flies into his mouth. Um, and then, I don't know. I no. I I don't know what's happening. He's like, no. <laughs> I said she lifts him into the air by the roof of his mouth and then drops him to the ground and crawls out. Because oh, he's see, like, that's very cool. He's like levitate. It is cool, yeah. but I wish yeah. we knew for sure that's what was yeah. happening. That's that's my problem with a lot of these is and it's it's just like that one captain america scene where the last one where they don't show us captain america walking up to nick fury and like and we were like this isn't drawn properly you know yeah like to and get, this is the same I artist think i think there's a couple in these action scenes it's like man it's like if you were a director you had the shot and but you only took like a third of it and just randomly chose that to do the panel on because it's like, I can tell there's more off screen that needs to be shown to understand this. You know, that's a good way of, of describing that. It is, it is good to see really bad comic or not even like bad, like everyone. I don't think this is bad at all. This is, I think it's all great. I just, I wish we were seeing more of it, you know? Yeah, I take that back. Everything's drawn properly. Everything looks clean. It's just not good visual storytelling for the comics yeah. medium. It's just and like it's- there's zoomed in just, just too much on like a lot of shots. They just need to take like a, you know, a slight, which I know it's a drawing and they're not zooming, but that's what it seems like. You know, it's like a, it's just a tight shot instead of a, I don't know, a medium. It makes me appreciate it that every time we've had that complaint, for the most part, it's been in this series or Ultimates or some of the team-up issues. But for the most part, the main series, 
they chose an artist that's good at this. <laughs> yeah. Because not all of them are. You know, they're like professional level artists that yeah. deserve to be where they're at who struggle with this. Yeah. So it really makes you appreciate it when it's done well. Definitely. Um. Meanwhile, in the Oval Office, Craven starts ranting and raving in front of Peter, talking about how he lost his show and wife because of a stupid kid. Did you look back to see if he, they were married in the original run? I'm pretty sure that they were not married. I'm pretty sure it was like a rumor that they were dating. You know, it was and now it's like he has a wife that he that Peter made him lose. You and I couldn't figure out what they were to each other, but now retroactively we're being told they were married. They were married, yeah. Yeah. And she never had a speaking role. She's, she but was they're like, not married anymore, so it's not like it mattered. <laughs> yeah, we will never see her again. But I just think it's funny that she had a cool character design and a name, and they kind of talked about her. But we have no idea who she is. And yeah. she's like an extra on a TV show that they can't pay to say a line. <laughs> um, yeah, so Craven's jawing at Peter in the Oval Office. And um, all of a sudden, off screen, he gets electrocuted by a big lightning blast. And at first I said, I guess that was from Electro for some reason. But... Then I realized later Thor can also do that. So it makes more sense that Thor blasted him, but we never actually okay, see but, that. And and this, this entire page right here, I don't know if you're looking at it, but it not to, not to really harp on this, but I do think that this page is a good like reference for what we were talking about, because the first panel on it, it's, we don't see all of Peter or all of Craven. You know, we just we just know that they're looking at each other because we can see like part of them. Then the second panel, we we are like just looking at Craven's feet. You know, that's like all that's in the shot almost, except Peter like in the background. And directed then, by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, he just gets electrocuted. We've got a big kraboom, and we don't know who it's from. Peter doesn't know who it's from. And then, you know, it's just like really close shots of Craven's face and Peter's face. And it's just like, not, nah, I don't know. This just, just could be, just could be shown a little bit better. You know, you know the scene in Raiders have, of the Lost Ark. Have one, have one panel of Thor watching them from a distance and then show him get electrocuted. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless they just, obviously the idea is we'll just have it show it come, comes out of nowhere. But that's not as fun. <laughs> also, it's hard when there's a villain there's with electric with powers, powers and a hero with electric powers, and you don't know which one did it. Yeah. Yeah. You know the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the guy is like dancing with the sword and you think there's about to be some crazy battle, and then yes. Indiana Jones just shoots him? Yes. This scene is like that, but if you never saw yeah. anyone fire the gun. That's. That is that's that's exactly what it's like. And now I have a fun fact about that scene, Zach. Tell me if you already know this fun fact I'm about to say. I do, but I'll let you say it for the listeners. Oh, they already know. If they're listening to a comic book podcast, they've already heard this. But the reason Indiana Jones and that guy were supposed to have some big like samurai fight, and Indiana Jones 
had like food poisoning and diarrhea. So he just like shot him and then they did that and he went to like relieve himself, I guess, and the day was over. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I thought he was just tired from shooting the whole day and he said hey, wouldn't it just be funny if I shot him instead? And they were like, yeah, actually, that would be funny. Oh, well, maybe. I, I had always heard that that he was sick. Interesting. Yeah. We'll never know. So, listeners, you probably already knew that, but... <laughs> okay, that's now like I... One of, that's like one of those fun facts that that just everybody knows because it's been told a million times over over all the years. John, I know we're already off the rails, but I think we'll, these issues won't take us too long. So I just got to ask, flu game, do you think Jordan was actually sick or do you think he was like hungover? So Jalen Rose, ex-Indiana Pacer, came to IU for a college game day. That's what That's football, but whatever the equivalent to college game day is for basketball for an IU game. And apparently he went out drinking and he was kind of blabbing that Jordan was just hungover as could be. And, and he was not, I don't know how Jalen Rose would know this information either, but that's the story. That's what I've heard too. That's there's, there is, there is one picture. It's like a really famous shot of Jordan getting like, carried off by Pippen, you know, Pippen like supporting him. Um I don't know if you can picture the the picture that I'm talking about, but I think I can. If Jordan was oh, just crash. hungover, he is just like a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I choose to believe that it was a flu just because that makes it sound yeah. cooler. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, this is not a Michael Jordan podcast. I'm going to get back on but track. But it is the number one po- the number one comic book podcast for sports fans and the number one sports podcast for comic book fans. So That's true. I think we've hit our quota for the day. Yeah. Um out on the lawn, the Sandman is trying to crush Iron Man, whose armor just came back online. And a shield agent asks him whose genetic code sequence he wants first. And Tony says Sandman because duh, that's the one who's attacking him right then. And he blasts Sandman with a laser and Sandman apparently disintegrates into sand, but he's like dead. Maybe it's kind of unclear what this laser does. If it depowers them or kills them or paralyzes them. Cause they've said a couple different things. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I, it would probably be fun to go back and reread these these past couple issues, doing my Robert Downey Jr. like impression as I'm reading the Iron Man lines, uh, because when you said like, and he asked for Sandman because duh, because Sandman is currently like, <laughs> he's got him pinned down with like a fist of sand. I can like see Robert Downey Jr. just like saying these lines, and they're like, what what file do you want? And he's like. I'm going to go with the Sandman file as he's just getting annihilated. What yeah, a gem. What you a can gem read of it with, You can read it with some dry humor to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the Green Goblin and Cap are fighting, and Norman says, it is my honor to kill you today. If it were not for you, I would not. And then Cap interrupts him with a shield to the face. But we can assume he was saying, like, 
if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have become what I am. And oh, okay. Norman gets distracted and after the shield to the face and just goes on a different tangent. And he starts screaming about how he wants to kill Nick Fury. When all of a sudden we hear a voice from off panel say, dad. And we see Harry Osborn standing on the white house lawn, staring at Norman. And Peter says, Oh God, Harry. And Harry says to Norman, they told me to tell you, you need to stop. You have to stop. And the green goblin just looks at him. And and uh, the goblin's also like, I wrote, he's perennially on fire, but only on his back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is that is interesting. That seems like um, just a stylistic choice by this. Penciler. Definitely. Yeah, because we've not seen that before. Yeah. Um, boy, I I like this one. I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of the, this series. Um I also think something underrated about it, but these are very quick reads. You know, I don't, I don't actually know how many, how many 17 pages, pages. 17. And I know the next one's only like 18. And I kind of think that's like a perfect length for a comic. Uh, Maybe that's just because I have to take notes on two of them every week, but, (laughs) Uh, but, but yeah. I was going to say, it says 17 pages on Marvel Unlimited, but I'm realizing that includes... The cover is one, the title page is two. Cover and title page. So it's 15 pages, and most of it's action. Yeah, that that is why this one one went specifically fast, because it was a lot of action scenes. Um, My only negative about it, uh, we already talked about, you know, I think some of the panels just weren't drawn clearly enough, but it didn't stop me from enjoying the issue at all. I gave it a seven out of 10. All right. Which, Um, which, which is it, which I think is a good score, you know, um, like that's, that's about where we put a lot of the, a lot of the ultimate Spider-Man issues. So, but I, I, anyway, I think it could have been a, a little bit better, but I think seven out of 10 is still a very respectable score. I don't have a grading scale though. I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Um, Six out of ten unclear panels. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a seven out of ten unclear panels. Which yeah, would I'm really gonna... be more like a three out of ten unclear panels. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to convert the double negative. Um, I'm just going to say it's a six out of ten unclear panels because obviously of the unclear panels, but also the scene where. Uh, Doc Ock just flicks Wasp away, not even with one of his metal arms, just his human hand. He just reaches out and flicks her and she goes flying. I didn't like that because um, she's one of the only ultimates that I'm invested in or care about at all. And it just makes her look like such a chump. Like you would think she can fly faster than a middle-aged man's hand can reach out and flick her. Yeah. That's what there's there's a scene in the I think it's this Ant-Man movie that just came out where that happens to to one of them. They're just like flying at Kang and he just like flicks them away. It's such a and, stupid and way like... <laughs> to have a villain fight a miniature hero. Yeah. 
it's how like, it feels lazy that? to me i mean i guess if a fly was flying at your face you'd you'd smack it away before it got there you can't flick it but considering right after he flicked her away she flew fast enough to go up into his mouth and lift him up in the air yeah she messed uh, him up it was that was kind of it was impressive but also gross i don't know yeah yeah um but, okay yeah i was just gonna say it doesn't seem like any of the other heroes really you know get knocked down a peg in this issue like you don't iron iron man was getting was getting knocked up pretty good okay yeah i i take that back um, i think it's funny that um we didn't really see hawkeye or black widow here at all <laughs> hawkeye's Hawkeye's just like in the background of a lot of these panels just like drawn in but he's like not doing any or he's he's just always got like his bow and arrow but we never actually see him like fighting right because people like craven or electro he should be able to just shoot them dead with an arrow if he's like that yeah. good so he's doc ock yeah Put an so he's arrow in his head he's a normal guy he's presumably either missing or wasting all his arrows on the guy made of sand and the indestructible <laughs> goblin that that would be such a funny like parody video like an snl video of of like the avengers and and yeah hawkeye hawkeye's just like laying arrows into sandman and green goblin who have no effect and then these like normal people are just causing chaos <laughs> that's what's happening in this comic yeah that um <laughs> uh, that's a good point yeah and then black widow's like i, don't I never know. even saw her in this yeah, yeah. Sh she's like down the street getting coffee yeah and she, presumably quicksilver is somewhere if we slow it down yeah if you go just slow enough you'll see he was really the one taking yeah. out all the bad guys oh <laughs> uh, okay you, are, you got anything else on this one nope i'm ready let's uh let's get into the finale seven this is the finale yeah um Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nice looking title page. We get the full Sinister Six on the title page. I really don't like how Electro looks. I don't like that he looks so much like Doctor Manhattan. I don't like that he has a Ken doll private parts. No, he's, he's got it. You, you. I mean, he's that's tucking. that's like what is that like is what it looks like. If we saw him from the back right now, he'd get everything. <laughs> that. You like have to wonder is is that actually is he is he like because he's got Sandman, Sandman and Green Goblin are just getting a face full of his his like junk right now. Um. Okay, but it, but it is a cool cover. I think my only complaint on it is the entire Sinister Six is on it, and they are still counting Peter as one of the Sinister Six. And Zach, I. I, like our listeners, I'm sure, are still hoping that a random sixth villain will enter into the arena somehow. Um, spoiler alert, that doesn't happen. But <laughs> but I was thinking, maybe Harry got powers and Harry's going to join the team and be the Sinister Six. Wow, wouldn't that be crazy no. if Harry had powers? That'd be awesome. Uh -oh, was that a tease? No. Oh. <laughs> maybe. Um... Okay, so, yeah, so Peter's posing with all the villains. I don't really like it, but it's a cool cover. So, so Harry 
and his dad are face to face and Goblin is perennially on fire and Cap, Tony, and Peter are all watching as Goblin says, so this is what the great Nick Fury has sunk to, shoving my own child in front of me. And Harry begs his dad to stop telling him that he came on his own. Um, and as Harry and Norman talk, Tony is kind of loading up his genetic, what did we call it? Genetic something. It's something like a laser. Yeah. And it, and it like takes away their powers. And Tony's loading this up. But it kind of looks like Harry is getting through to his dad and Harry's begging his father to stop. And it kind of looks like Osborne's coming to his senses. He's sort of reverting back to human. And as this is happening, Tony fires the genetic blast at Osborne. Um, as somebody says, Tony, wait, do you think that's Nick Fury in his ear? Or is that just one of the shield agents or something? Or, or do you think it doesn't? We don't have any way to know. Yeah. Um, and so Tony shoots him and the blast turns goblin into this like humongous mutated goblin. That's like got a half human face. And I think it kind of looks like those aliens from the last ultimates who have like no form. Um, I don't know if, if his face reminded you of that at all. Zach's it reminded me of something else that like I've seen in comics, that's way too deep in the weeds to even explain to you. Is it Venom? No, it's in Secret Wars in 2015. There was like a mini series where Nightcrawler from the X-Men got turned into like a demon dragon. And his face looks like that. Oh, nice. Zach, I think you should always mention that stuff no matter how in the weeds it is. Because, okay. because someone might... You'd be like, oh, that's cool. I want to see that. I'm going to Google it. You that know? was the Inferno so. uh, Secret Wars miniseries. Um, so Harry's like scared as can be. He's like screaming. Goblin's like going crazy and yelling. And he's like, I'll kill you. Um, and then we get this next page where a machine gun from over Harry's shoulder just begins firing. Are you looking at this, Zach? Nick yep. Fury is not on that page shooting that machine gun. He was mistakenly not drawn, I think. Or he is supposed to have like an invisibility thing on. It's that one. Because he did oh, the same okay. thing in the Ultimates finale. Oh, did he? Yeah. He just like appeared next to Herr Kleiser or whatever and had this same machine. That's right. Gun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's like his thing. He's got he one shows, move. He just, he just shows up invisible with a machine gun. Yeah. Which is really funny because it doesn't do him any good the second he starts shooting the machine gun. Yeah. So he's, he's just spraying bullets and now he does appear behind Harry. That's why I thought maybe he just, he was just like forgotten to be drawn because we don't get a panel of him like becoming not invisible anymore. You know, I think he just turned it off once he started yeah, he just, blasting because yeah. clearly they know where he is. So he started blasting and then he turned off his invisibility and he's talking to Harry and he says, sorry, kid, this wasn't part of the plan. And 
he just keeps spraying bullets into uh, into Osborn, and we see Captain America gets a good shield throw at him. And Peter Peter's pretty uh, like upset. He's like, because Peter's mask is off during all this, so so we can assume that Harry has probably seen him at this point and knows that it, that he's Spider Man. And yeah, we, we don't do- really we haven't. Well, I guess I guess he did find out he was Spider Man. The last time they met. Did he? I, I think he did. Um, I think he did when they we did the the Goblin Returns arc. Yeah. Maybe. At the very end, yeah. Maybe. I, for a second here, I was like, are they going to address him finding out Peter's secret identity? Yeah. Listeners, leave a comment. Did Harry find out his identity in the last one? Zach might go back and look, but... Yeah, I can find it. Well, I can find out right now. I've got the trade paperback over here. Listeners, leave a comment so Zach doesn't have to find out. He already walked away to grab his comic. (laughs) Cute cat you've got there behind you. Oh, thank you. There he is, unmasked, next to Harry. Unmasked. Yep. So Harry already knew that. Okay. Um, So... On the next page, we see a humongous thing of lightning, a big crack-a-boom. <laughs> and I do think it's so funny that they, they use that as, like, the the onomatopoeia word so many times. Like, it's always crack-a-boom. <laughs> gotta come um, up with new sounds. And to- Tony is, like... Is that Thor or Electro? And we don't know either. Zach and I had, haven't known the whole two issues. So. Buddy, we're all asking that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was Thor. It was Thor. He comes down and apparently um, it's like mission accomplished. <laughs> they're, they're all like... They're all like job well done, you know. Um, I guess he was fighting Electro <laughs> up in the clouds, and we didn't see oh, it. Oh, that's pro- that's probably what it was. Yeah, they just go well done, Thor, and and he goes, "Are we through here? We are. Alpha team, head out." And it's like, okay, wow, that ended fast. It it it, it reminds me of every time Shield doesn't finish the job, and they're like, "Mission accomplished. Time to go." <laughs> um. So Peter hugs Harry and he apologizes and and he says, you know, he didn't deserve any of this. And Harry hugging Peter back just says, I'll kill all of you for this. And it's just so weird. He's like embracing him in a hug, like crying. And um, I don't know. Did, Did you have any thoughts of that at all? He doesn't like even look angry. He's like sobbing. I know. Peter. <laughs> Do you remember what we said about his dad in the last episode? That it, it seemed like he was being warm to Peter. And then without breaking tone, he said, I'll kill your aunt. This kind of feels oh, like, oh my like gosh, Harry's yeah. inner, you know, his father is coming out in him a little bit. Oh man. I, I wonder if that is you being a better like audience member than it is them being good writers 
Like, I wonder if they purposefully made that connection or if that's just something that, like, you're picking up on. That is a good point. You know, I don't know. I I think I err on the side of saying they know what they're doing. Um, Yeah. Because it really feels like they maybe wanted to give a big push to this series because they had Bendis probably at the height of his popularity writing it while he was writing the regular Spider-Man book, plus all the other stuff he was on. They had those pages in the first issue that was drawn by Joe Quesada and they don't have him do, you know, pencils anymore for just anything. Yeah. It feels like at moments they really wanted this to be like a big event, but then other things were just very clearly not thought out. So I don't know what to make of this this whole series. Yeah. Um, so Fury tells Peter that he needs to get out of here and Peter wants to stay because he's worried about Harry, but Fury tells him that they've got it under control, which is probably like the, that's like the magic words for knowing that it's not under control at all. <laughs> um, and then Zach, I really liked these last like seven or eight pages or however long, however long it was from now until the end of it. I really liked them. So we cut to a white house briefing and it's the press secretary that's, and they're telling the country that this was an act of terrorism cleaned up by the brave efforts of Nick Fury and the ultimates. And he says that there are no casualties in the attack. What are, what's your opinion on that? except for maybe Sandman. Well, no, we know that that's not true because Electro fried at least that one guy whose skull was just there. We saw a whole skeleton. Zach, this is why I get so bothered when they just kill off random people because now you've got the White House press secretary covering up this stuff they're like nick fury and the ultimates they're so great they stopped this there were no casualties they did such a good job that guy's family knows that there was a casualty of that fight you know now this is definitely you knowing more than they were intending to write this is i don't think so no i don't think so i i think that this is i think that this press secretary speech that is what it's supposed to sound like is like things it's like being swept under the rug you know like it's something happened but yeah kind of and and i i just don't know why they wouldn't be like there was one casualty it was brave hearth Michelson and uh you know he's survived by his loving wife and kid I, I would it be that hard to say that <laughs> it does kind of echo um that moment in ultimates when there was all of those helicarriers that got nuked and they were like well we just lost 60,000 men but uh they were all like black ops like no one they're off the record at no one's gonna ulti- know they at least died. none of the ultimates died yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so so anyway maybe maybe it was just a mistake and they just kind of forgot that they like drew in that skull or something but i have a hard time believing that none of those people in the white house when electro attacked also died yeah he shot could, like see electricity like flying all over the room at them he so, saw we saw lightning beams piercing their chests and coming out the other side 
Yeah. So I, I don't think I they think walked that, it off. I think that this is a cover up, you know, which is very American. It's on brand. I'm not, I mean, so, uh, Bro, you're about to get I? sniped before we I, hit, I know. stop recording. That's, that's why I, that's why I stopped talking. That's, Never mind. I don't have any problems with this at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, the press secretary, um, there's no casualties, and he's, and he's uh, you know, tooting Nick Fury and the Ultimate's horn. And this speech is intercut with panels showing the members of the Sinister Five back in custody. And we kind of go through them one at a time. And Electro is first, and he says he was helping S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole time. He was just biding his time to take down Osborne. And this could be interesting because there were a lot of electrical blasts that we don't know who they were. What if it was Electro when Peter and Craven were about to start fighting that zapped Craven? Maybe we don't know because it wasn't drawn for us. There's no way, but he could make that defense. Yeah. Hey, you guys, there was a lot of electricity helping you guys out. You think that was all Thor? <laughs> uh, so next next we see Craven. I don't think that the guards bought it. But next we see Craven, and Craven says he was under mind control. He says it was Doc Ock and Goblin. They, they must have gave me something, and it was mind control. Once again, I don't think that the guards uh, are buying it. And then we see Flint Marco, who, Zach, tell me if I'm, like, looking at this correctly, but is he just, like, four big barrels of sand? <laughs> They've got him jarred up in little little mason jars on his shelf, labeled yeah. Flint Marco. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, I like how they had to separate it into different jars just, just to be safe. Yeah, I know. I know. That, that is funny. He's in like four different jars. Yeah. How would that work? I don't know. I don't know. Shields probably thought it through. Um, what if certain grains have to be something? So it's like, ah, uh, shoot. That's, that's what I Some wonder. Of my if, if, my yeah. foot is in this jar, but part of my eye is in that jar, but my hand is over here. <laughs> and my brain's in another jar, like by itself. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so, and then... And then we see Otto completely detained. He's got restraints around every part of him. And he asks where his arms are. And the guards tell him that they're gone. They said they they chopped them up into little bits of metal and melted them. They're gone, Dr. Octopus. And Otto tells the guards that he knows they're lying. He can feel the arms. And the guards call him crazy. And they tell him he's going to rot in a prison cell. And they leave the room. And as soon as they get into the hallway, the agents ask each other, so where are the arms at? And the other one says, a shield facility 30 miles away. And the other one says, we probably need to move those further away. <laughs> and why not just chop them up? Why not just chop his arms up? Why are, why are we doing this again? <laughs> They're so absurd. <laughs> Uh, remember when they brought him into the same room as them just to talk yes, about how that's, cool that's they like were what they're, yeah that's like <laughs> what they're gonna do again now they've got him in a box in some warehouse like the freaking ark of the covenant at the end of raiders <clears throat> it is really cool that he can feel that he can feel them i i i think he is uh he's 
probably my favorite character of the Sinister Five is Doc Ock. I don't mean to spoil anything, but later there's going to be an incredibly stupid retcon that explains that. Okay. It's okay. like one of the things that frustrates me the most about this run. Well, retcons what? That he can feel his arms? A retcon is retroactive I know, continuity. I know what a retcon is. For the listeners that don't. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see it. It's very dumb. Okay. Okay, I can't wait. Um and Yeah, okay. So the, then we see Janet visiting an unconscious Hank at the hospital. I almost forgot that Hank like almost died. Darn it. So I didn't close. realize he was hurt that bad. And honestly, I didn't care. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, never thought about him. Um, and the doctor says Hank is in serious but stable condition. And he should survive bearing any unforeseen. And right at that moment, he is cut off by Janet, who says, thank you, doctor. And asks if they need, if there's any more updates on him to call Nick Fury instead of her. And is she going to kill her husband? (laughs) Isn't that what it sounds like when, when they, when they cut the sentence off, he should survive barring any unforeseen. Okay. Thank you, doctor. (laughs) No, I think the implication is she was checking on him while he was unconscious and he's not going to know that she maybe still cares about him, but she's, she's not going to act on it or whatever. I think it's meant to be like an interpersonal moment that tells us something about her. I don't think she's going to pull the plug. Okay. Um, and then Peter gets ready to leave with an agent who is taking him and aunt may home. And the agent explains this ruse that they've been playing with Aunt May the whole day, where she thinks that they have both been at the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility the whole time, just in separate areas. And Peter's worried that she's going to be mad. I do think it's always really cute. Whenever, like, anything happens to Peter, he's always like, Aunt May's going to be so mad. Aunt May's not mad, is she? (laughs) Um and like as he's saying this, they cut to Aunt May screaming that she is going to sue everyone and everything, and she calls them all Nazis for locking her and Peter up all day. And she's screaming for Peter. And as she's screaming, she she just hears Aunt May from behind her, and she and Peter hug, and she says, "Thank God." And the agents confirm that they caught Osborne, and he is back in custody pretty cute let me let me uh let me go to this page yeah it is that is a cute that is a cute drawing of them um and we then see osborne who is a half human half goblin in that in a cryo freeze and captain america says just put a bullet in the back of his neck and that is almost word for word what I was thinking when I saw him unconscious there. <laughs> I've had to freeze him. I'm like, just kill him. I think it's we funny. already went through this. Nick Fury unloaded a whole clip in him, and he's clearly still alive. And your solution is to to shoot him one more time. But there's a different. I think there's a difference between a like a guy lying there unconscious and like putting a gun against his head and like shooting him, then 
spraying bullets into this like giant beast of a thing from a distance, you know? His tough I mean, skin I doesn't know if he's conscious or not. Okay. I okay. Okay. Well, I think Captain America has a pretty good plan here. I do think this character design that you touched on is interesting. I think the at least the artist's expectation is that moving forward, maybe the Green Goblin is starts to get portrayed as like kind of two faced with like a human Ooh, side yeah, and a that goblin is what side. He looks like, yeah, he looks like two face. Yep. I'll tell you right now that doesn't happen. The next time we see him, he's just gonna be the goblin we know and love. Well, but I, I think don't particularly this was, like this. I don't either, but I think maybe that was for a second what someone thought. Like, ooh, we're gonna yeah. shake things up and make him look different. Um, so so Captain America says they should just kill him, and Fury says that they need to study his DNA. Um and and I know we've said it like a couple of times, but they're just like they're just going in a loop. This is like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill. Like, guess they, what? Doc Ock's gonna get his arms back, and Green Goblin's gonna wake up from this cryo freeze, and they're gonna cause more trouble. I mean, they love studying things that they can't contain and that can kill them. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. Um. So Captain America kind of shrugs him off and and sort of like uh not sarcastically but but what's I don't know the word but he says right because the next war will be a genetic one kind of throwing Fury's words back in his face kind of tongue in cheek Yeah yeah tongue in cheek and he tells Fury that it's men like him meaning meaning Fury that really decide what the wars will be about. And then they begin planning the war. And by doing that, they will the war into existence. And Fury looks down for a second, almost ashamed before just brushing Cap off and kind of giving him, giving him a little like hand wave, like brushing him off. And he just walks away. And the last page is Fury's helicopter flying away with the city in the backgrounds um cap's words made such a profound impact on nick fury from one panel to the next he lost an eyebrow (laughs) this was one of my favorite scenes zach i i i I wrote it right after i said i said this is one of my favorite scenes i love it when cap stands up to fury about morality i loved it in the winter soldier and i love it in this also i think that those two are very like it's very good juxtaposition because they both obviously have a strong sense of wanting to do what's right. But Captain America has like always has the moral high ground on him, you know, uh, he's like the angel on his shoulder kind of. Yes. I think if I could add, one more panel to this and i just thought of this and it would make me it's the only way i'd love this scene anymore it's if captain america was like i saw what the press secretary said about there being no casualties (laughs) his name was hearth michelson or whatever it was earlier i think that's the exact same name And and he was a good man 
How'd you, you know, come up with Hearth Michelson? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was. I honestly immediately thought of the name Herman Miller, but that's like a famous chair brand, <laughs> and that's and that's how that springboarded. Um, but he does. You you joke about him having an impact on Nick Fury, and it is funny because he did lose an eyebrow. But he does have an impact on him because even that one panel of Fury like looking down, you can tell he got to him and. Fury's not brushing him off because he's actually like brushing off what he says. He just is like, you know, he doesn't like showing that part of himself, I'm sure. So he's like, you know, whatever. I don't care about this. Yeah. All right. Out of 10 Purple Heart Awards for Hearth Michelson. Nine out of 10. Nine out of 10 Purple Hearts for brave comrade Hearth Michelson. Who uh, is only remembered in this podcast because in universe they don't care about him. <laughs> First soldier since the War of eighteen twelve to die defending the White House, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that is a that is like a statistic, isn't it, or something? Did you just make that up, or is that an actual like? Unless something crazy happened that I don't know about, I think that should be true. Oh. We salute you, Hearth. Yeah, we remember Hearth, even if the yeah. press secretary and Marvel and Bendis and the editors don't. They remember him. They're just sweeping him under the rug. Not if we have anything to say about it, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis is a menace. Yeah. <laughs> Except, um, as we said, I actually don't think that's true. I think it is a commentary on like them covering it up to be like the ultimates are great and Nick Fury's awesome and blah blah blah. Right. But anyway. really this whole series is about Hearth and you're supposed to question this. Yeah. Yes. If you don't notice his his skull and that doesn't keep you awake. It's at very night, it's very prominent. <laughs> you have no heart. Um yeah, yeah, this this is my favorite issue of the series. Definitely. Yeah, I'll give this a nine out of ten. It didn't have the same problems as the other one. It is a satisfying resolution. I'm having a lot of fun talking about it with you right now. We we joke about they should just cut the arms up and they should just kill Osborne, but that's no fun. You know? (laughs) Sure, they could do that, but... Do we want to read another 120 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man? And know that there's never going to be another appearance of uh, Doc Ock or the Green Goblin. No, no. Um, okay, so for the series score, Zach, out of Sinister Six, what's this one score? Man, I'm going to give it a, a four out of six. Like it was a, a Sinister four out of six. It okay. was enjoyable, but once I read some more comics and we get a few episodes away from this, I'm gonna forget it all. Yeah. Um okay. I gave this one a Sinister five out of six. Because there's only five people in the Sinister Six anyways. <laughs> um I think that's one thing that probably would have bumped this over the edge to me. Um that it just would have been really great is um, if like Kingpin showed up when they were all at Kingpin's house or if Magneto showed up and he broke out of the thing or something. And I know those two people probably aren't in the normal Sinister Six. All you comic dorks can get mad at me. 
but but that would that would have been fun. You know, I I love Kingpin, so I was really hoping he'd show up at some point, or or, or we'd get some sort of a six villain. And we just never got one. I gotta hand it to you. You've been beating that drum that there should be a sixth person since the very in the sinister, beginning. In the sinister six, you never gave up on it, even <laughs> when the fight was futile. And I'm, I, I thought, think, I thought Harry Osborne was coming in to be a villain. Listeners, remember we named an episode, and Peter makes six, and the next episode he still said, "So there's not going to be a, a, a like for real. Who's the sixth person?" I, I, I thought there'd be one the whole time. Yeah, they played me. Yeah, I do think it would have been cool to have gotten a sixth person, but it's not the hand we were dealt. Yep. Really good though. I liked it a lot. Good. It was a good good little detour from our ultimate run, our ultimate yes. Spider-Man run. Which we speaking of which are back in next week. We will be reading issues 47 and 48. Oh my gosh, we are just flying. What's uh you want to give us a tease for that? Where'd we leave off? Who's Peter about to fight? Well, I'll just say this. You remember earlier in Ultimate Six when we were in Kingpin's house and the villains were talking about him having Are you junk- about to tell me Kingpin's coming back? Remember how they said he had a bunch of junk food in his fridge? Yes. Let's just say maybe someone was stocking that fridge lately. All right. Okay. I can dig it. Nice. I've been I I I, I hope that it is Kingpin. I hope you're not cheesing me. Um because I've been waiting for him to come back ever since Peter put him away. His lawyer said he could get it done. He just needed a little time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Oh, good tease. Okay, so next week, issues 47 and 48, Ultimate Spider-Man. Are we done with Spider-Man for the day? I think we are. Have you got anything else for us, John? No, I don't really. I did just I did just now think of something as as we were talking about that. You know, the, it's it's the first week in school with kids this week and uh so they've they've been doing some like fun little assignments. One of them today they did like an all about me thing. And one of the questions, this was this was the 7th graders where if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? What would you put for that, Zach? Telekinesis. That's moving things with your mind. Yeah, right? I've, I've always liked it. I feel like that. I mean, it's it's kind of a cheat answer because that also gives you force fields. It also gives you flight. Okay, I I don't. Uh, it practically it gives you super how's strength because you, you can move your body. Most people can lift themselves and like fly themselves. Okay. okay. What about you? What would you choose? I think I would probably go teleportation um, just to get into things like the Taylor Swift show, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or if there is an ability, if, if it is a superpower ability to freeze time, that's a hundred percent what it would be because to have unlimited time, it would be pretty awesome, you know? Yeah, just freeze it before work or something. <laughs> my, I've thought about that. My version of that is I would either want the ability to like not need sleep and basically just double the length of my days. Yeah. Or um, there's a guy in X-Men called the multiple man and he can just like duplicate himself and like I'm going to make six of myself and have 
one do dishes, one mow the yard, one pay the taxes. And the real oh me gosh. is going to go take a nap and then reabsorb uh, these guys later and those tax tasks will be done. It reminds me of in Watchmen where Dr. Manhattan is like working on something in the basement while he's also like pleasuring his wife. <laughs> yes. Weird, weird stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, that's a good one. Okay. So the reason I actually thought of this was uh, one of the kids put Spider-Man powers and I was like, that's not a superpower. Spider-Man has like 10 superpowers. You know, but not really. He's like, yeah, yeah, but I would just want Spider Man's powers. And of course, it's like a seventh grader. Like, well, I'm not going to get into like a, a big argument or anything. I'm just like, okay, fine. You know, whatever. Obviously, but but that's wrong. Spider Man has like ten powers. Uh, I mean, Spidey you know sense the- is its own power. Okay, Super Spidey strength. sense, strength, agility. That's like three. This Shooting kid's webs. not gonna. This kid's not gonna make his own web shooter. <laughs> Okay, so 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 let me ask you something. This kid's powers, I guarantee you he thought to himself, he can also shoot webs. But 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 when he's thinking of that, is he thinking I need to be smart enough to build my own web shooters or is he like and I'm spider powers, I'm going to shoot webs. I think he just thinks so Spider-Man a, shoots so that, his own webs. I so think that's he's thinking his own of power. So that's another power. I I guess. <laughs> anyway, Anyway, just just having fun with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, what do you have for us, Zach? Anything interesting going on today? Oh my gosh, I did just think of one other thing. Oh, what's your other thing? Okay. There's been a lot of talk on the internet saying that we stole the Barbie versus Oppenheimer review idea from Mr. Sunday Movies, who... Also came out with a Barbie versus Oppenheimer where they guessed the review. I want to be clear to the webheads, even though on the last podcast I said going into it, I kind of stole this idea from Mr. Sunday Movies and the Weekly Planet. I just meant the guessing movie reviews idea. Zach and I did not steal the Barbie versus Oppenheimer review. Their video came out after our podcast, and I'm proud of that, Zach. You can check the dates, check the timestamps. We are right the time in this. Stamps. Um, our lawyers will be moving forward with litigation on this yeah, matter. It's definitely. about to get really <laughs> nasty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, but, John, in a couple weekends, you want to go to go out on uh, Mister Sunday Movies boat that we're going to get. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, they're, they're in Australia. Maybe they'll fly us out for a, (laughs) for a nice little trip out there. Yeah. Um, okay. What were you about to say? What do you have for us? Um, okay. So you know, that quarterback show on Netflix that I was telling you that I watched, you probably haven't watched it. I, I, I'm a co-host of the number one sports podcast for comic book fans. So yeah, I've heard of the show quarterback. Yeah. I I said, I said I was done talking about sports today, but I can't, I can't. You can't take the fight out of the dog. Yeah. Um, well, there is another show that's kind of similar. Netflix used to put out se- uh, seasons of it. It was called QB1 Under the Lights. And they've since removed it all from Netflix. They scrubbed it. 
they had an unfinished season that they filmed like three or four years ago that they just chose not to air because they thought the previous seasons of the show weren't getting enough views. And it was a show where they would follow like some of the top high school quarterback prospects and just film them. And it'd be like the exact same concept as the quarterback show, but for high school, that unaired season followed three. No, Peyton Manning has nothing to do with it, but it, no. Okay. I'm a Manning's son. Marshall. Who Arch, probably, who Arch probably Manning. No, this was even before that. Um, Arch Manning. This unaired season followed the senior years of uh, three quarterbacks, two of which were Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. And really? So are they, they going to air it? They've edited it, and someone bought the rights, and it's now available on Tubi, which apparently is some app that everyone can get because yeah. it's free with ads and it's up now. So probably what I'm going to do with the rest of my night is watch the first episode and check out a little documentary series of Anthony Richardson in high school. Oh, that is awesome. You'll have to let me know how that is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Definitely. Yeah. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it. I bet it's not something that's very well known. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, I just think yeah, it's that crazy one of the that reasons they, might... yeah. they had the footage and sat on it for their whole college careers because they didn't think anyone would watch it. And then one of those guys went first overall and one of them went fourth overall. Boy, that's crazy. How lucky for the people. I wonder if they bought the rights before... I wonder like when the rights were bought for it. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Because they probably just stumbled into a huge payday. Yeah. Except they're releasing it on Tubi. Sell that to Netflix <laughs> or something. It was a Netflix show and Netflix deleted it. You can't find the first two seasons that were Netflix oh, originals. Man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let me know how that is. Will do. All right. Okay. That's it anything for me. else. That's it. I don't have anything. All right. This was a fun read. I liked it. It was. Take us out. Okay. Thank you to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And thank all of the webheads uh, for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. And you can find us the first read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can come chat with us and leave us a message um, on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube at Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. See you next week.